Is Jamal Murray back? Yeah, I'm thinking he's back. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen today and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. And. Uh, as I found out very recently, the Nuggets Insider for 1043thefan.com. Uh, joined by Adam Mares of DMVR. Find him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. And catch all of his great work at DNVR. Uh, you did not catch my John Wick reference because you have not watched John Wick. Is that is that accurate in the first? Yeah, you, you did not. John Wick? Have I watched it? Come on. I'm of asking. Course of course not. How can you not have watched John Wick? John like, Wick? It's such a it's such a good action it, film. It, honestly, you think I'm gonna like it? It depends. Like, do you like well choreographed action films? No. Like, does that matter no, to that, you? Like, yeah, you, you, no, not, that's kind of a little lost on me. Oh man, that's a bummer. And for as much as you like film, there are certain aspects of it that just you're just like, no, don't care. It's true. Like, true. I like I I like well choreographed action films, which is a lot like what the Nuggets put on in the first quarter last night Ooh, versus well, the Oklahoma City Thunder as they get the win. 122 110 they cover the spread i lost some money on it and i'm totally okay with that because it was good to see the nuggets look at the way that they did on the road versus a division opponent uh got off to an absolutely blistering start um i want to there's a lot to talk about i don't know i will get to jamal we'll get to i want to talk about aaron gordon's defense we're gonna talk about bones we're gonna talk about about joker we're gonna talk about all sorts of things um one thing I, I want to talk about before we get to Jamal is just, I mentioned this after the Jazz win, and this is another one of those. Yes, the Thunder got this closer because Shea Gale Alexander is a beast and got it close. But if you really look at this game, the Nuggets dominated for about 36 minutes of it. You're not going to win a game start to finish all 48 in the NBA. Hard. Like There are times when, yeah, you wipe a team out by 30 and they never recover and they just are like, yeah, it's cool. Especially early in the season, that doesn't happen because teams actually have some more energy and verve and life to themselves. So um, early in the season, like you're going to have a game of runs, right? There's always going to kind of be these pushbacks. But I feel like the Nuggets were in control for the duration of this game. And when the Thunder did get it close, the Nuggets answered. They got to the lineups that they wanted. They got good performances from the stars, and that starts at the top with a fantastic game from Jamal Murray. Huge game from him. And it's funny, like, you do see some of the fans sometimes after a win or after a game like last night point out some of the negatives first. You rush to them. The Nuggets won by 12 points last night. They were up 15 most of the game. The line was six and a half. They doubled the line. Like, that was a good win on the road. And they looked dominant for most of it. They looked atrocious for about 10 minutes. But they won, and they won pretty big. And I think most importantly, you hinted at it, you know, the Nuggets, the most encouraging thing about this season so far to me, Matt, Michael Porter has had several great games. Jokic has had a dominant game and and good games. Bruce Brown has had a big game. KCP has had a big game. Uh, Christian Brown has had a big game. Bones Highland has had a big game. And last night, Jamal Murray had a big game. 
that's a lot of guys. Aaron Gordon's had a big game, uh, a couple big games. So that's a lot of guys that you could say, oh, yeah, that was a big game for him. We're only eight games into the season, and a lot of guys have stepped up. Now, they haven't all stepped up at the same moment. It hasn't been 48 minutes yet or whatever, but I'm just encouraged by the amount of talent that the Nuggets have. And when you saw Jamal Murray last night, it was our first glimpse since the injury of two things. One, a Jamal that can take over, get hot, and make several shots in a row. I mean, I don't know. At some point, I think he was like six for seven or something over a stretch. But then also, it's sort of the swagger. He There was a something he got injected with. He got injected with a fire in the end of the third quarter where he was like, F this, we're not blowing this game. Give me, and even, even after the game, I guess was Malone said he was saying, give me the ball, like let me get the ball or whatever. Like he went into takeover mode. And that tells me he has some confidence to him, you know, about where he's at right now. And then he didn't say to give me the ball and then kept bricking it. He took over and made a bunch of shots. So a super encouraging game last night, in my opinion. For me, it's it's a lot more granular where the big thing to me, I saw as early on in the game is I was like, he has his legs. He's getting separation on the step back. Right? You had that one danced with him, step back mm-hmm. three early in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another mid-ranger where, and I think in the third, where he like just, it's, the step back is always going to provide you space. That's the purpose of the shot, right? Is it right. is the mechanic is the, is to provide you with that separation, but there are degrees. And Jamal used to be one where it was like almost comical how far he could step back with his mo- his flexibility and mobility. Um, and that honestly was not really like you could see that it wasn't quite there early this season. Last night he had shake like he yeah. those guys could not hang with him, um, and that that's a very big deal. Just as a, yeah. a, from a one game perspective, to be able to do that, that opens up the rest of the offense. And when he's hitting those kind of shots, it does like it just applies so much pressure and it stems tides when all of the good offense they generated in the first quarter isn't going to be there for the entirety of the game. A hundred percent. And by the way, when you're talking about the encouraging of, of, of the shake, to me, it's that he scored at all three levels. He had a step back three pointer, he had catch and shoot three pointers, but he had a step back three pointer that he drained, nothing but net. A ton of mid-range and a dunk and an and one dunk like a reverse and one dunk through two guys be able to score at the rim through contact step back threes and then obviously the mid-range which is his bread and butter that's the thing that's encouraging and that's what makes him so dynamic like Shea Gildas Alexander had a great game last night but he had a great game and this is not to take away from it if all you need to do is one thing do it but he had a great game basically doing the same thing every time it was like he just kept getting to the spot he likes and scoring it for Jamal to get hot in that moment and to be able to score at three levels, you have a great defender in Lou Dort who's just sort of helpless. Like, Lou Dort's a great defender, one of the better yeah. ones in the NBA. And during that run, it didn't matter who was guarding him. So I, I thought Jamal was was great. Um, defensively, he got he suffered blow-bys. I don't remember how many of them were on Shea. Like, the Shea ones, I'm willing to be like, it's fine. Like, just, yeah. that's okay. Like no one's no one's stopping Shea Gillers Alexander right now. Like Shea was why that game was competitive, right? Like you talked about this yesterday, where I was like, "Yo, Lou Dort's been really good," and you're like, "Lou Dort," um, and like I like Lou Dort though. He was really good in this game too. Like he, yeah. When you you were saying like Shea, nobody's stopping him, but everybody else. I, like Lou Dort had a couple drives in that game in the third quarter when they were rolling, where I was kind of like, "Man, that's tough to guard." Like he just yeah. was a good straight line drive football yeah, player. Dort, Dort was seven of nine from inside the arc. Um, so look in that first quarter, j- beautiful offense. The other thing I'll say is this: Aaron Gordon hits three of four from three. 
if Aaron Gordon hits three threes, I you're not beating Denver. Just yeah, eighty to ninety percent of the time, that's not going to happen. Are you surprised with how confidently he shot them? I mean, he started two of nineteen, I think, on the season in the last two games he's made them. But last night, they some of them I thought were bad shots. Like he had a quick trigger. He just was so confident. The transition one in particular, I was like, okay, I'll, all right, that's a that's a bold choice, but it worked out. Um, I think, I think there's a, 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 look, I think all players, right. If you see a couple go in and like confidence is such a huge part of shooting. That's just objectively as somebody who's, uh, I, I was not a good shooter as not surprising (laughs) to anyone. Um, and I blame the confidence. If I just been more confidence, I would have been like, that's what it was. It was confidence would have been like 40%. Uh, but look, all the players have told me like, it's just, it is really confidence. Like there's a, just such a mental aspect to it, which I think is fascinating. Uh, the, the psychology of shooters is something that I've tried to study a little bit in in my career. And I think it's always really interesting. So from a, a Gordon standpoint, you have to balance finding good shots with finding that confidence. I thought it was just representation of the fact that that team last night, Denver, and this happened almost never last season, that team last night came out with, let's wreck them. Like, yeah, but this is, you know, you know this. This is what's encouraging about the Nuggets because this has actually happened a few times this year. Yes. When you get rolling, it's like contagious, right? Shooting is contagious. You start hitting a couple, like other guys start filling it. You're up eight to zero. That next shot becomes a little bit easier for whoever takes it. And the thing about the Nuggets is they have KCP, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, you know, Aaron Gordon last night had it rolling, and Jokic. Four of those five guys, if you have the confidence, if you're rolling, I actually count all of them to make their open shots. And I thought that's what happened. You got rolling early, you got some stops, and then everybody made. Jamal Murray made, KCP made, Michael Porter made. It's just like it was convenient. Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown was on fire. Yeah, like that was part of it. And you could tell like, the Thunder had to take another timeout because they get through that first initial start with the right, starters. Bruce Brown comes in and hits two corner threes, and they're just like, you could, like the Thunder, I was watching the Thunder broadcast, and their announcers are just like, these guys cannot miss. Yeah. And you look to the bench, and the bench is just like, when are they going to stop hitting? You know, and, and the Nuggets, look, this is who we expected the Nuggets to be, was a team that had this capacity. They're not going to be it every night. But, and I'll also say this, like, is OKC... Um, a good team, like if they, the Celtics, the, no, those games are going to be tougher. That's, they should be tougher, but the Nuggets came out with energy and effort versus a team that they should beat. And they took care of that for 36 minutes. The Thunder made a run, they answered and it worked. Like this was, this was again, a very encouraging game for where you want to see the Nuggets get to by Christmas. Like this was a step forward for them coming off of, um, the Lakers loss. Like I thought it was a really good bounce back spot as well. And there's some things I know we'll get to in the second segment that are less encouraging, but here's one thing. Here we are eight games into the season. The Nuggets number one in three point percentage, 41.6% on the season. And look, they're, they're going to have up and down games. As you mentioned, they're going to go against better teams, but there are a lot of just good shooters on the Nuggets. K- KCP at, at the moment, 53% from three. Michael Porter, 49%. Bruce Brown, 47%. That's the one probably most likely to come down. Although you mentioned him, he takes good shots. He has good shot selection. I kind of, when he gets the ball kicked out to him, I kind of feel like, yeah, that's a good, like, let it fly. I don't think he's 47%, but I do feel like if he's open on a kickout, I yeah, take it. I feel good about it. Um, Davon Reed is at 40%. Jamal Murray at 39%, Christian Brown at 38.5%. That's how many guys? One, two. Well, we'll count Dave Henry. One, two, three, four, five, six, six guys 
that are 38% or higher. Davon Reed's best game of the season so far, without question. Like, he was good. What? That's the only guy last night that I thought was terrible. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I'm just wow. talking about like, he, he made the he made he made the mid range shot. Oh right? man, he made the mid range shot. He made a three. Are you talking about on the defensive end? I was talking about all of it. I thought he was. I thought he was. Uh, Look, if you're on the bench, they don't have an identity. We talked about this. Bones isn't there. If you're gonna like, if you're gonna create some offense, I think that's a plus. That's yeah. that would be my take on it. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about. Um, we'll talk. We should talk Aaron a little Gordon. bit about this defense too, though. We gotta get to the defense. We gotta get to the defense, which continues to be a problem. Um, we'll talk about Jokic and I, what I thought was a great game, and we'll talk about um, just some more notes from the game. We have a lot to get to from this one uh, when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about Prize Picks. You can pull up the overlay for me, Adam. Um, maybe I can. Let me, let me see if I can or can't. Okay. So <laughs> one thing I really like tonight is actually, this is a, a, a very me thing. Uh, Jakob Pertle over points over rebounds. And you can get oh. that on price picks. And when you pair them together, you can win up to 10 times your money with, along with other players and other picks. When Fred Van Vliet gets ruled in or out, I will also be taking, uh, Pascal Siakam. Points and rebounds because the Clippers, uh, I'm sorry, the Clippers, the the, uh, the Mavericks do not match up well with Siakam, and he's been a beast. Siakam's been all NBA. Yeah, he's off to a great start. He's been phenomenal. Uh, there's no competing against other people at Prize Picks. It's just you versus the projections, which is it, it helps you get an edge versus competing against all these these folks that spend their entire day doing right. the projections. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you watch. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're available in 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. So you get a hundred percent return on however much you put in. You put in twenty five bucks, you're gonna get twenty five bucks back and have fifty to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories in sports, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So, Adam, um, you want to talk Joker? You want to talk AG? We can get it through. go through both. I think I don't have a whole lot to say about AG other than he's just Oh, I have so... lots to say. I have lots to say. Well, the thing I'll say is some night, he doesn't play like this every night. But some nights he plays like he really has a physical advantage and he wants to make you know. And last night was maybe the best of those. Like how many just going through guys for the and one or for the strong finish did he have last night? So many of them. Um, he looked like he had an extra gear he was playing in last night. The I shared it on Twitter. I got the under the basket replay of the tip back dunk, which was oh my God. just incredible. I haven't seen it. You shared it on Twitter? Yeah, it's just, okay. I'll send it to you. It's just an absolutely, so you don't have to dig through my nonsense. So it's just an absolutely <laughs> incredible play. Um, it's phenomenal. Uh, I showed that one and the Jamal twisting layup underneath um, dunk 
I think it was like it riled the rim. I wasn't quite sure if it was dunk or not. Uh, that was a dunk. Come on. That was a dunk. Okay. Uh, I, I do not deny it. So I'm not going to be critical here because AG hit threes and AG was impactful at the basket. I Offensively, I've loved him this year because he's just been so for, I feel like he's been forceful with everything. Like he's getting a lot of standing dunks. He's getting it. Like he's doing the cutting. He is trying to attack the glass. Yeah. Like he's doing the work inside. Yeah. I worry that some of that is taken away from his, his energy on the defensive end. Um, Bruce Brown got cooked by Shea Gillis Alexander repeatedly. I don't give Bruce Brown that big of a ding for it because Bruce is so much smaller. Like Shea just has so such a height on him. Shea is like the guy that you have AG for is a perimeter type weapon with size that you should be able to match with physicality. Um, I just feel like AG's AG has been like, they're all over helping AG has been, I think beaten his lateral step defensively has been a bit, uh, has been behind this season. And I think he's been easing in. I just think that he's just, he's just easing in. And I think there's going to be stretches where he's great defensively. Right. Like I do this a lot where I'm like, well, he didn't have a good month. It's not that he's a terrible player. It's like, he's not having a good month. I think he's not having a good first month of the season defensively. AG yeah. is, I think he's made up for it on the offensive end. Um, somebody mentioned in the comments that AG being a negative in the plus minus was wild. It wasn't surprising to me. He was only a minus one, right? And he was oh, out there right, with some right. defense units, so it's okay. But um, do you? I I think I'm really focused on the point of attack stuff because that's such a weakness for them. But it's, it's essential for them to win. They need it. They need to be good there. Well, yeah, but you also think of this. Like I was talking to Blackburn last night. And he thought AG was good, and you mentioned before that you thought AG was pretty good defensively. What did you see from from AG that was good defensively last night? To be honest, I didn't. I, I I'm gonna have to go back and really key in on him the second time because he's not one of the ones that stood out to me defensively. But yeah. he also was on the court a lot, and it, it, nobody was getting stopped. So I, I'm sure he was more involved defensively than I than I think in a bad way. But to me, he didn't stand out. There was a um, backdoor cut I know that he gave up to Jalen uh, Williams that was like like just a bad straight up standing still guy cuts behind you. You don't see it and he gets a layup. So I, I know from one bad play off the top of my head, there was some stretches. I sent you a clip last night, um, two clips, two clips, I think that of during that third quarter stretch where, <laughs> so this is where it gets tough. And I, like, I really want to be nuanced about this because if you bring up like, Oh, I'm going to talk criticism of a player for how they played. The idea is that I'm, is that you're saying that he didn't play well. So let me say this. Um, Michael Porter Jr. had 11 points, was a plus seven, had six boards in 28 minutes. That's really good. Um, two assists. I thought his but, effort was there last night. I thought Michael Porter played with effort. The, this is the thing. I've loved his effort in almost every game this season. Me too. I don't I don't think effort have been great for him this year. I don't think the problems with, with, with MPJ have been – usually when we talk about defenders, it's that they don't care. Right. And right. – I don't think that that's been the problem with Michael Porter Jr. this season at all. Um, I don't even know how much I really look back on his career and point to not caring. The only way you can kind of say it is like if you're not disciplined, you're not mentally focused enough. I think that's just him learning to tamp down those tendencies. So there's this play last night where MPJ goes, it's a swing pass to the corner and he's guarding the corner man. And MPJ goes to try and make a steal. He's not likely to get it because he's not laterally, like he's not quick enough to get out there. And he doesn't have the anticipation. If he gets it, it's a breakaway steal and a dunk for MPJ. Right, right. right. But he misses on it. And so now the rest of the defense is compromised. 
right? Now you have a, you have a baseline drive wide open. And there were several plays where you could tell that Joker was like frustrated because essentially it's Joker being asked to clean up for MPJ's mistake. But the mistakes are mostly drawn out of good effort, good intention. It's just about that discipline within the scheme of what they need to do. Like if MPJ was just dedicated to my biggest thing is I'm not going to make any defense, defensive mistakes tonight. Like I'm just not going to make mistakes. I may not be impactful. I may not, you know, have steals or blocks, but I'm not going to make any mistakes. That makes it easier on the combination of Nicola and MPJ to defend. That's that's what I think. The uh, MPJ is still very mistake prone, though. That that's the thing is I think his effort is there and his mind frame, but yet there's still mistakes. And it's just some players are that way. Like honestly, some players they just are for whatever reason fire a little bit slowly on the defensive end than they do maybe on the yeah. offensive end and. Somebody has a good point here. Donnie J says the giddy three in the third really pissed yes. Jokic off. And this was the one where they're coming down. They run a little exchange, but it was not a screen. You don't want to switch, especially with your five on a guard, unless you have to. Like that's that's a switch in the half court when they actually force you to do it. But that was one where they weren't trying to get a switch. They were just like resetting. And Porter, uh, you know, for whatever awesome reason, just like switches off of it. And Jokic is like, why are you switching me onto the point guard? Like, yeah. don't do that. And he visibly does that. Like Joker literally goes like, what am I supposed to do? He's, I can't come out at him. He's going to go right by me. Yeah. And that I think is where Joker gets frustrated is when he's put in impossible positions. Right. Cause he looks like, bad. Right. Cause then he yeah. has to go out on the perimeter and get cooked or whatever. And I do think that is part of what makes Jokic get so frustrated. Now, Jokic maybe can handle it a little bit better. I mean, look, this is the lot he's, it's like, this is not the challenge Jokic wants, but it's the challenge he has. And, and it's a good one. Like Michael Porter provides so much good, so many good things. But those plays definitely especially piss him off. And then at night, the thing for MPJ for me, forget how he played. Like, again, you're going to have to live with these mistakes, and hopefully he gets better throughout the course of the season, and by the yeah. playoffs, he's adequate. But last night was the first time we have seen this season when he was not part of the solution, where at the end of the game, Michael Malone said, nope, you're on the bench. We're putting Bruce Brown out there on the court because that's – we talked about it. If Michael Porter's not getting – if he's a defensive liability in a playoffs or in a tight game, this year he won't be there. They'll just put Bruce Brown in. Last night they did it and it worked beautifully. They had fifth. They only allowed fifteen points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the uh, final five twenty when Brown was out there with the starters. Um... Jeff Green was part of that, and then Aaron Gordon replaced Jeff Green, which I thought was good. Yeah. Like Jeff Green is sort of a facsimile of Aaron Gordon in a lot of ways. Well, here, well, here's what's interesting, right? Is eight oh seven to five twenty. Okay, so middle fourth quarter they go on a ten zero run. And that lineup was uh, KCP, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, right. Porter, and Jokic. Um, which I think is interesting, just from a, a, the perspective of like getting that run. And then they were they were a plus one through the end, but like you mentioned, the defense was great. Like they just didn't they didn't let him score, and, and they were able to hold him down. It, it should be said, I thought Michael Malone had good, very good, and interesting rotations last yes. night. Being short of bones. Yeah. He put Murray and MPJ with the second unit for a while. He played Jeff Green and Bruce Brown with Jokic a lot, which is a good combo. I just thought that the Nuggets put out good combinations of players to the best of their ability, given that they lost Zeke in the first half. Like, Zeke played in this game and then goes out. Uh, they didn't have Bones. They didn't have Ish. So, I thought Michael Malone had a very good adjustment to his rotation last night. Look, he, he kind of tried to tell us in 
like repeatedly that like look because i asked him directly about the porter with the bench and he was like i want to get jamal in it too and he meant like i asked him this pregame the last home game and he he talked about how look i want to get to these rotations but if jamal's on the minutes restriction and mbj is foul trouble i can't and that that to me like reframed a lot of this because the conversation when he was running out the 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 all bench units and like I, i totally get your point about like Screw the foul trouble. You're not going to – like, it's okay if you don't close with him. Just let it play. That's the I, and thing I, we saw last night. It's like, hey, okay, it's a bummer some nights, but you you have solutions. Well, and this is the big thing. He's not just stubbornly like, no, I like that bench unit together. I want my starters together as much as possible. He literally is right. like, no, no, no. If I can get to it, right? I'm going to stagger Jamal MPJ with that second unit. Yeah. And that helps them, I think, so much, whether Bones is there or not. We're going to talk about Bones in the second – in the third, last segment. Um Great. Give me a great, we, we, I love talking Nicola with you just because we've done so many games where he's had great numbers and we've been like, yeah. And he's had games where he's had great numbers and we've been like, he was a monster and games where he's had low numbers and we've been like, he was great and low numbers and where we've been like, he was terrible. Uh, give me like a five-star rating for Nicola last night based off of his standard. Four, four stars. I thought he was good. I don't think he was a great game from him. I, I thought it was good. The Nuggets scored at will last night. This is the thing, like, because I know I saw the commentary about, oh, you know, he needs to play harder. He needs to care this or that. I think Jokic cares. I think he's playing. Like, honestly, you look at what I just listed off earlier. Six guys shooting 38% or higher. You look at, okay, Jamal Murray's coming back. Michael Porter's coming back. You got KCP and Bruce Brown. Jokic last night, to me, was passive or looking to pass rather than score. At a moment in time when the Nuggets were scoring every time down the court, every time down the court, they scored and they got great looks. Then when the Nuggets lost control of the game a little bit in that third quarter, Jokic started to become very aggressive. That's the only portion of the game where he became aggressive. He checks out. Jamal Murray takes over and extends the lead back to 10. So when Jokic comes back in, like once again, it's more about making sure you have possession. So last night, I think Jokic was fine with his aggression and I thought he had a fine game. I, he's missing a couple bunnies this year. One of the underrated things is he's missed more little bunnies around the rim than I think I've ever seen. And it's such a small sample size that I'm guessing it's just a little bit coincidental, but it's something to watch. But I don't, I, I had no problem with Jokic's aggressive of, of offense last night. I thought that period where he was hitting the floaters repeatedly was a good example of how he could be like, look, if you're, you know, it was funny because they doubled him um, so relentlessly in the first game and they tried to switch it up. And he was just like, I'm just going to hit floaters on you. I'm, I'm just going to tear you to pieces if you do this. Um, I thought that was like that. 58% from three last night. If you're going to shoot 58% from three, keep passing for threes. That's, yep. that's a great strategy. Um, oh, boy. I hate I hate seeing this. This is not good for, for my brand. Um, well, so I just looked up what, what the pick and roll coverage is because I continue to feel that – I was talking about this with Blackburn last night on text that I feel like engaging Jokic in more aggressive schemes – uh, gets better coverage out of him. And essentially the numbers are like, that's not true. <laughs> um, he uh, He's given up, when they attack him directly, he's giving up more when he's at the level than he is in drop coverage. Um, the overall how many, number- How many examples do you have of each? Like what is Synergy saying? 52 and 61 are the, are the samples. It's still such a small enough number one or two made baskets can change the percentages a meaningful amount so it's it's tough i just i i'm so gun shy about all those things those numbers at this point 
but I think that this is kind of like a, a good example of of how I feel where I don't feel like there's much of an of an opportunity for Jokic to be aggressive on defense with this with what their approach is right now. Um and so that's why I have a hard time kind of judging him. Like the previous games where you and I've been like he was bad, I agree. Like he was just lethargic and bad. Last night I felt like he was engaged, locked in, communicating. Things were were pretty good on that end. Like their big problem was just like Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy were getting past their guys and getting wherever they wanted. Like just uh, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna respond to Hurricane. <laughs> I'm laughing. You, if you're not joining join the if you want a reason to join the, the live chat every weekday at 9 30. Between 9.30 and 10, rather. That was an all-timer. That was an all-timer. Uh, it's, it's definitely Hurricane's <laughs> comments in the chat. Um, so I thought Joker was was really good, really sharp, and played the right tempo. Again, like this is part of this is just like how I felt about – and by the way, congrats to Joker for passing Wilt Chamberlain, most triple doubles by a center of all time. Um, it's a really cool stat, man. It's just cool. It's just – yeah, it's just like a when I, I think of it this way: if there's a sports trivia game and somebody's like, "Who holds the record for most triple doubles among centers in the NBA?" That's Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's Nikola Jokic. You might think it's Will, but no, it's actually Nikola Jokic. And like, yeah, it's really it, cool. But the, this, these numbers reflect a lot of what I think is going to be the majority of the season for him. There are going to be, get, and he's had him the season where he has thirty-five, eight, and ten. But there's going to be a lot of nights like last night where it's fifteen, fourteen, thirteen. It's so funny because 15, 13, and 13 is a really great stat line. <laughs> it's like actually really, really great. I think Nuggets fans will settle their nerves if two things happen. One, the Nuggets just keep winning. Like five and three is a good record. You extrapolate that through the season. They're, they win a lot of games. That They win 51, 52 games, something like that. If So one, if you keep winning. But two, Yoke just has one of those 30-point nights every now and then. Like yeah. I think he's only had one this year. You have another – Another one Saturday night against San Antonio and maybe another one a couple nights later. I think Nuggets fans might chill out a little bit of like, oh, yeah, he can still do it. And yeah. maybe they'll feel that it's more deliberate, which is what I believe. I think it's a little deliberate at the moment. I'm like, okay, at least we know he still has it. Okay. And by the way, I think we were on pace for a 25-27 point game last night, and then Murray broke the game open. So, oh, I want to push back a little on this. Jay said that uh, Bruce and KCP had a sloppy defensive night. I'll say Bruce did. Uh, I thought KCP was pretty sharp. When I went back and looked at specifically his possessions last night, uh, KCP, like, if Shea makes a really tough shot and KCP is the one guarding him, that doesn't mean that KCP played bad. It means that Shea Gillis Alexander, again, is a bucket. Like, he's a monster. Um, so, so crazy. Uh, he's such a unique player. He's, he's really, really unique. Yeah. He's, he's almost like Luca. He's like... John Morant in slow motion. I don't know. Yeah. He could, I don't know. He's a, he plays at a weird, just slow pace and just goes to his spot. There's nothing you can do. He's just going to get to that spot. He's I, I, sh I shared a, a a a clip of him last night. His body control is ridiculous. Yeah, it's body control. Like he's able because, and that's a lot of it. Is he gets to the not just space on the floor, but the exact like body position in the spot on the floor that he wants. Right. Like you are not going to do unless you're one of the top, top, top defenders in the league. You're or like Giannis or Dre. You're not going to push him off of where he wants to be able to get to. Um, so, yeah. so people were mentioning that Jeff Green did a good job on on him. Did you notice that? Well, yeah, and he got the defensive player of the game chain. And apparently, in the fourth quarter, when the Nuggets got their stops, Jeff Green demanded that he get to Jagarden. Um, so that was, you know, a talking point there. And I do think there's something to it, like. 
you got to Shea is kind of slow. He's not slow, but he's just not going to he's not like outquicking you. He's just outcrafting you. He gets he's almost a counter puncher and that he just goes slow until you like change your footwork or something and then he attacks that. You can put a guy 6'9 on him with some length and like I I think it it helps to kind of give some spacing and contest a little bit. By the way, he like shut him down. Yeah. But he just nobody Yeah. Let's take a break and we'll talk about Bones Highland. In his absence, we'll wrap up our last thoughts on the Thunder game and look forward to the Spurs game on Saturday when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Really appreciate you guys joining in. Uh, If you guys want more of us, you can do... We got a couple other things I want to let you know about just because I assume people know, but if you don't... um, I'm on Locked on NBA on Tuesdays, the Monday night show going into Tuesday on YouTube as well, if you want to catch that. Uh, Adam is on on Fridays after the Thursday night games and uh, you can check out Adam on the DMVR po- uh, podcast throughout the week as well as the pre and post game shows like I try and catch the post game shows I learn a lot from Dev I learn a lot from um, Harrison Brendan's also there so like there's like a lot that I, there's like a lot that I, that I get from I can't recommend those shows enough it's also like for those of you that don't want the kind of clinical analysis we provide in the show it's a great show for you to get um right and d-line is hilarious as well um also uh if you just because i need to plug it uh my my buckets podcast which is nba betting if you if you like Crushing to it. throw around a wager we, we we cracked the apple podcast sports list and we're top 20 on spotify and uh it's got a lot of momentum i've got a lot of like really cool smart people with me this season like uh, Sean Little from MSG is on with me. Albert Wynn, who's a really smart guy. Brad Anderson and I did um, uh, do, do awards on Fridays. So anyway, that's just like a plug for the other stuff in case you guys are like, I could really use more Matt Moore in my life. And just in, if that's a thing that you you think, in which case I would ask you to reconsider your life. Bones Highland doesn't play last night. Uh, hip flexor. I, I love it when they're like, hip oh, flexor? No. Was it hip? I just heard hip. Was it hip flexor? Maybe not a hip flexor. Maybe that's that's me filling in the dots. Yeah. Um, hip. So, hip. Doesn't play with the, with the hip. And always great when they're like, ah, it's no big deal. And then he doesn't play another game. Um, you kind of wanted to talk about this, so I'll just ask you, what did you think of what the team looked like without Bones? I mean, very good, but I because I think for the most part last night was good and the offense was good. It was the defense that was bad. Bones have made an impact there. I don't know. Um, but I, it's almost a little bit unfair. Oklahoma city had been playing very well. Shea is a great player. Giddy and Dort are very good players. And I think Kenrich Williams is a very good connector. They don't really have good players outside of that though. So last Jaylen night, was, what's that? Jalen Williams. A, yeah, but he's a rookie. I mean, he is good. Like he's going to be good, but he's a good, I'm rookie. a JR. I'm a JRE guy. And it's just like a personal I just like him. Just yeah, but like he's not good. I mean, like <laughs> that, that was that was a matchup that he was. The Nuggets won that matchup very well, <laughs> like MVP yeah. versus Jerry. But my, that the Thunder have some good players, but are not good. They are a tough team to beat, but they're not a good team. So last night, I don't know that Bones Highland was necessarily needed, especially on the offensive end, and if he's recovering, you know, whatever. So I don't know how much of an impact he would have made. The one thing I will say is. Michael Malone last night, you mentioned earlier, went to Jamal Murray and Michael Porter with a bench, and I loved it. I thought it was great. If Bones Highland is back, does he just take on the Jamal Murray role? And does that – we've seen Bones and Porter together with the bench, and it looked really, really good. We haven't seen it as much as we liked, 
in part because of Michael Mullen, uh, Michael Porter has been in foul trouble in two different games where I think we would have seen it more. But it just gives me confidence that is the bench unit solved? We asked this question the other day. Is the bench unit solved? No, we don't know that yet. But I do think that Bones and Porter provide the offensive punch that you need that you can start to make good rotations and good second units. Yeah, I want to see them try Jamal Bones, Bruce Brown. Jamal Bones, Bruce Brown. I want to see that combo. And the problem here, honestly, in getting to it is Jeff Green, who was good in stretches last night. It's not that I... A lot of the commentary about finding like replacements is about like, this guy sucks, get him out. And especially with Jeff Green, it's like, he's old, get him out. Um, for me, it's less about that. It's that I look at and go, look, if you're going to stagger Jamal and MPJ and you have Bones as a secondary ball handler, especially if you let Jamal operate the way that he did with Monte and Bones as primary, and Jamal's like filling in minutes and still going to get shots and still going to have opportunities, but he's not having to handle Like those are less taxing minutes. That means you get 30, yeah. 30 plus minutes of Jamal, but it's not him handling the ball all the time. Can, you I tell you like one, can I tell you one thing that actually I think is big about Jamal Murray as the secondary ball handler? Hmm. Jamal plays so slow and it kills me. It absolutely kills me how slow he plays. And he did this before the injury. I think there's something too. If Bones runs the ball up the court every single time he sprints, there's something to just let somebody else run the ball up, Jamal. Like get back slowly if that's what you want to do, but let somebody else speed the tempo up. So part of me likes that idea just because it makes the team play faster. And I think Jamal is good when they play faster. Um, Donnie says, are people really calling for Jeff Green to get out of the rotation? Because that's wild. No. People, people are calling for him. Not, when, yeah. not us, not you or I, but I do see that comment a lot from Oh, yeah. Players. I mean, look, I, I'll just tell you this. Like, I think he's been terrible in the that's, aggregate over the course of the season. And I'm a Jeff Green guy. He's had, like, he has two games where he went two of two from three, where I don't know that he was necessarily great otherwise. But when you hit shots like that, it's really big as a role player. Yeah. And uh, like, I here's the thing he played 1928 last night. If he plays 15, is that a real, like, that's what I'm saying. A four minute stretch where you get to that lineup, right? Because it's all going to be liquid. I'm not saying to run MPJ Jamal. You can't do it because Jamal's got to, he, Jamal and MPJ have to finish the last five to six with the starters in the second. Yeah. But if you can get to that for a few minutes, a three-minute stretch, right? See how it looks and how much pressure it puts on him. And this count, honestly, that helps you counter one of the big problems that they got hit with in the Lakers game when they have to go to the five bench unit. When it's five bench versus any other team that staggers, yeah. the Nuggets are dead. Like, yeah. they're going to lose that first four minutes of the, of the second and fourth every time. The, the five-man bench cannot win if the opponent has at least one starter in. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. I think Jeff Green, though, to me, and the numbers don't necessarily bear this out, I don't believe, because I I think I looked this up. But Jeff, I think Jeff Green's a Jokic player. Like he knows how to cut. Jokic knows yeah. how to read him. And so to me, he's a guy that I don't mind. If we think about trying to get Porter more minutes on the bench, yep. you know, where do you fit it in? Bruce Brown and Jeff Green to me are two guys that I feel pretty comfortable putting in the starting lineup and like Yoke, they're gonna make something work. This is, I mean, it's, you mentioned it. Like, this is a big thing. Is I, I, we're seeing that Bruce and Jeff get them like they are they're Jokic players, and it's good that they've got so many options that can fill in if starters are hurt because that was such a problem right. for them, right? You don't want the the starters need to be great. You need the MVP playing with with guys that he can win with. Good news, they are great. So it's like works yeah. even this year. Like the numbers here. Well, you know what? There's something funny as you're saying this because I've been trying to find a way to fit this in. 
the starting lineup has an 8.6 net rating. And the starting lineup with Bruce Brown in for Michael Porter has a 9.1. So basically the exact same. But here's what's funny about it. So the two configurations that are most common are, are both huge good positives. Here's what's funny. The Michael Porter one is much better defensively. <laughs> Bruce Brown much better offensively. So go figure. Sure. Early season, man. Early season. Um, everyone's asking a couple questions. Was DJ J fine last night? It, he's going to, he's not going to play every night. And I think that's great. Like I think they're using, I've loved how they've used DeAndre Jordan. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, know. I, I like how they've used him. I thought, I think he's been fine. He doesn't play every night. What sucks is Zeke looked good for the first time last night. And then he gets the ankle injury. He was great. Like, I was like, holy crap. Zeke Nachi got more than one rebound. Amazing. And then he gets the ankle injury. Just like that guy can't catch a break in terms of getting of putting it together, and that's a real bummer. Um, so we we have to get to this. The last thing I think we should probably get to Matt is the d- defense. And here's my thing. Here's my thing. If I can distill my perspective on the defense, I know the one thing that you and I disagree with. I think just in how we analyze the defense for this team over the the last several years, you I think are much more emphasized on the scheme that the yeah. Nuggets are running. I think that's important. There's no question about it. To me, I think it's significantly more about the details. And why I think that is, one, we thought, okay, personnel change and then the defense will improve. That has proven to not be true so far. We've gotten some good defensive players. But even last night, Bruce Brown's getting blown by. We've seen him be good. Like KCP's getting blown by. Christian Brown's getting blown by. All these guys are getting blown by. And my point is, teams run the same offensive sets you know, across the league, but they run them slightly differently. Portland will bring the pick and roll a little bit higher up behind the three-point line because Dame is good at this or that. It's the details that matter. To me, I, I always look at the Nuggets and I think, how can you change out so many different perimeter defenders and they all become terrible as soon as they arrive here? To me, that's the thing is I just wonder, there's something about, last night was just guys losing. Michael Malone always mentions this and he's mentioned it every single year. We just need to take pride in our one-on-one defense. Guys need to just keep guys in front of them. And I think that's true. But why is it that everybody becomes bad as soon as they arrive here at one-on-one perimeter containment? Last night, to me, was not a huge scheme thing. It was nobody could keep anybody in front of them. Giddy, Dort, Shea. Shea is cooking everyone. But he was cooking Denver especially, and those other two guys were cooking Denver too. Fill in the blank. What could it be? Like, let's, let's workshop it. What do we think it could be? I'm, what I'm saying is there's scheme, there's personnel, and there's details. And I don't think that the scheme – because, first of all, it wasn't a lot of pick and roll last night that was – like Denver was getting beat there, but they were especially getting beat one-on-one. Isolation. Yes. Isolations. And so, like, what scheme do you need there? You know, outside – you know, if you're just trying to con- perimeter contain, they have good defensive personnel. So it's not scheme, not personnel last night. It's got to be the details or something that's being emphasized or yeah. not emphasized with the team that okay. all of a sudden these guys aren't getting it. Okay, so there you got to it. You said like emphasize or not emphasize. So that goes to like because this is the question: is is it the coach? If this was an if this is MDA, if this is Mike D'Antoni, we're saying Mike doesn't care about defense, so he's not talking to him about it. Right, right, right. We know Malone cares about it. We believe that he's talked to them about it. The message isn't getting through. Is that on the coach or is that on the players? And like, that's where I get to a lot of it for me. When you talk about like the scheme for me, it's a lot of, if you change the scheme, you can spark the, the play that you need from how you change your principles, whether it's incorporating like whatever it is, 
a lot of this I, I find from studying the other teams that are great defensively, Boston, Miami, Toronto, those three teams consistently have great defenses. They switch up their coverages a lot. And I think that that actually keeps them mentally engaged. Maybe. Whatever it is, those types of things I'm saying, like we're just into this long enough and with enough of a rotating cast of characters that when you have the same problem, no matter who's out there, like something's off. Some, so something's is, not making sense. I want to be, I want to like, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth because I know that you're just like addressing a problem. And we talked about this yesterday, how it's like, if you're critical of something, it doesn't mean that you're like, so you should fire him. Or if you're critical of a player, so you should trade Everybody him. always like, I'm, this will make it to Reddit now as a cutout where yeah, yeah none of the context or like takeaways right. are there. Just the like, what? So I, the, the, the answers here are Malone either needs to change the messaging. Um, the players either need to take accountability and it's on the players or a new voice, a new voice could potentially spark that change. I'm skeptical of the latter. Like I just personally don't, I, I, you're jumping way too far. If you're saying a new coach, like, is it a new coach or something? Yeah. I also kind of wonder, but this, I mean, look, this will be, I'm going to, I'm not, they have a new coach. They have a new defensive coach. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say here is I'm skeptical of that. Like I think they need like, I don't know that the changes on the defensive, like this defense operates a lot like I did under the last defensive coach, which has been basically bad since Wes. Like, I think I, I have, I have skepticism. Now I'll, I'll be really honest. I don't think that the media is uh, in a good place in most cases to really analyze assistant coaching. We don't see it. Yeah. We don't have enough Intel. It's hard to know. And by the way, (laughs) this is how things work. Uh, There's corporate culture. And you could bring in a new CEO and a new CFO and a new COO, but the corporate culture didn't change. And so the good COO you brought in doesn't have the same impact you have. I'm not saying it's that. I'm just trying to tell you, this is why it's hard to diagnose why the nuggets. I'm not telling you what the solution is. And I can't even really tell you what the problem is. All I can tell you is the evidence. And the evidence is there's a lot of different people that have come through Denver, a lot of different schemes, a lot of different whatever. And the defense still can't guard one-on-one on the perimeter. And I just can't figure out why that is. Um, well, and this, this, here, here's a, what an executive would say for based off the conversations I've had, uh, not Calvin, but around the league is that your team takes on the identity of your best player. And honestly, this is a, this is an equal. That's why when people think you're running to the like Malone thing, maybe it's something else. And I will say yeah. this last night, it was very noteworthy right before Jamal Murray went into takeover mode. He was screaming at Michael Porter on the court. And that's something we almost never see. Jokic will give the, you know, he'll give the, the faces. It's almost passive aggressive because he's not saying anything. He's just kind of giving the like, oh my God, what are you doing? Last night, Murray started yelling at guys. <laughs> like, and I think there is something to that. Like, there are players in this league that set a tone so that players feel nervous to mess up defensively to get cooked yeah. repeatedly and i don't know that the nuggets have that and yeah. it takes a certain amount of charisma it's like Jokic has the uh clout to do these things i don't know if he has the charisma to do them like you know what yeah. i mean and i don't think he has the will to do it like i just don't think it's he has a different style of leadership or what have you and i'm not trying to say it's wrong sometimes you can't fit a certain type of leadership into a guy who doesn't who does things differently but you do maybe have a void there and last night jamal murray there was a fire in him where he starts screaming at everybody. And what do you know? The fourth quarter, only 15 points are allowed. I'm not saying there's a direct, let's connect these dots one-to-one. But I do think, think that's at least part of the equation of the team might just need a Jimmy Butler level asshole who's yeah. like, 
you suck at defense, dude. Like, let's, let's get, yeah. Let's call it out. You suck at defense. Get a stop. That's your job. Accountability. Change the energy. That to me yeah. is a solution. Like, because yeah. to me, it's, you're right that this isn't, that's not a scheme problem. And I, I don't personally think that that's a coaching problem. The coach can't make the players do it. Like for me, it's like the players well, have to take accountability and they've got to change that energy on the floor to get the defensive effort that they need. Here's one thing I will say, and I don't know this to be true. This is just a, a I don't even want to call it a theory. It's a, a formulating theory I have. Michael Malone is a very loud personality. He is very much the leader of this team. And I wonder sometimes if it's hard for other players to step into a leadership role because of he sort of has that. He's always like, I want Jokic, I want Nikola, his voice is so valuable. Sometimes you have to coax that in in other ways. And I just wonder if Michael Malone has that role of leader right now. And it's hard for someone to take it from him. I don't know. That's just the theory I have. Okay. Let's get wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets for Friday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, I'm going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to do a post-game show on Saturday. So on Sunday morning, you're going to have post-game show from the Spurs game in your feed. So I'm going to do that. It'll be a short show, but we'll have that for you on Saturday night. And then Adam, I'll be back with you either Sunday night or Monday morning to start your week off. Make sure to give us those five-star reviews. Great show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday with Locked On Nuggets.